Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. If y'all are new here, my name is Kenzie. I am your host, 24 years old. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I am the host of this podcast. We are doing a solo episode today. I really want to incorporate at least one monthly solo episode. You guys love the solos. The thing is, it's really weird because I feel like I never shut the fuck up just in general. But then on the other hand, I'm like, what am I going to talk about on this solo episode? Like, I have nothing to say, which is so not true. Like, I literally do not shut up. You know what's so random? Side note that I've been loving on Instagram. I love the like, we need an American girl doll who, you know, blank. I love those memes. I was a really big American girl doll sort of gal growing up. And then I had a niece and then I made her one. I even named my dog Coco. Coconut is named after Coconut, the American Girl doll dog. And she's seven. So I mean business. I was, I never left American Girl. I've always been committed ever since I was younger. I never left. Even, you know, same thing with Juicy Couture. I've always been committed. When everyone else left, I never left. And that's how you know that I'm real. Anyways, back to the solo episode conversation. I would like to do more solo episodes. And I have some questions for y'all. It'll take about a minute. Number one, I love the solo episodes and the solo podcast that kind of recap people's lives. And while I feel like that would really be more like self-serving and like boring, and I don't think people would be interested in that, I do, I also have to remember that I have a YouTube channel that's literally based off my life. And that is where I started. If you guys didn't know, go watch all the vlogs. I still post to YouTube all the time. But anyways, I feel like I already am hosting my life there. But what I love about podcasting when people do this, like I love Shannon Ford's podcast. And I love when she talks about her life in real time. I love that. And I think what I found through this podcast is like our niche really is living life in your 20s. You know, we're just living life. And I love that. And I feel like I do some stupid things and I would like to share in real time. The issue being that I don't live in LA or New York. I live in Texas and I spend most of my time with my friends who are normal And by normal, I mean, they have nine to five jobs and they don't put their entire lives on the internet, which is a great thing to do, by the way. We actually recorded an episode. It went up last week with my best friends from home. And I think you guys will really like it. So be sure to go listen to that after this one. Anyways, the reality is that I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing crazy stories about my life all the time involving like guys, not that really anything's been happening in a while, because a lot of these people are like really normal. And because they meet me and I'm like the only one who influences 
And honestly, this is what I, this is what stresses me out. I wouldn't do it if it's like people that are close to me and friends around me or friends of their friends because I respect my friends too much to do that. However, I would do it if it's random guys and random people. So I'm like, maybe I should have started dating for sake of the podcast. Like just like get out there and do some crazy things or some crazy stories. Cause that's the only way I would share some of these stories. Number two, like solo episodes, what do we want? Do we want them to be topical? Do we want Q and A's? Do we want me to research a topic? Do we want them to be about my life? Y'all have to let me know. I need to see your DMs. I need to see the comments. I would even prefer comments, but please DM as well. It's at Kinsey Elizabeth on Instagram. We're about to hit on 100,000 followers. So be sure to go follow. But yeah, let me know what y'all want. I'm open to it all. Also shop the Breadwinning House Life Summer Collection. It's beautiful. We have spirit jerseys. We have shot glasses. We have koozies. We have Sophie shorts. We have a blanket and we have a wine tumbler. And it's incredible for everyday use. It's incredible for the summer. The spirit jersey specifically is incredible to wear over a bathing suit or at the lake. It's just the perfect fit. And if any of y'all have any bachelorettes, I'm telling you, this is what you need for your bachelorette. Anyways, we're going to be talking today about being independent and living your independent solo single life. I want to make it very clear that you don't have to be single to live an independent life. And I'm not promoting hyper-independence because I have found that that has been a trauma response for me in my life. It's either been that or the complete opposite. So I don't really know what that says about me. But anyways, we are talking about just like healthy independence and living your own solo single life. Again, you don't need to be single. And this isn't just about being single. So if you're in a relationship, this episode will still be good for you. You can still do all these things. But I will be talking more about being single because a lot of us are. And I currently am. Eventually, when I'm no longer single, I'm sure I'll do an independent episode about being independent, you know, when you're in a relationship. But currently, I'm single. And that is where we're at, okay? I really, really dislike this idea that our life begins when we either find our life partner or get married or get a raise or move to a certain city. I don't know if you guys realize this, but our lives literally started when we were born. I hate wasting time in general. I hate wasting time. I hate being a slow walker. I'm not a slow walker. I hate being around slow walkers. Dom and I argue about this all the time because I walk really fast and she walks very slow. And I'm a fast walker. I like my time to be efficient. I like to optimize my time. I like to get as much out of it as possible. And so in every stage of life, I'm like, I really want to get as much out of this time as possible. I don't like the idea that we are sitting around waiting for a partner because I don't think that that is true. I think it can be true. I don't want to live a life where that is true. Eventually, for the most part, if you want to get married or you want to meet someone, you probably will. And you probably will be with them for the large majority of your life or you'll be with a partner for the large majority of your life, right? So why waste the few years we have single like wishing that away. But again, I don't even like this perspective because I still feel like it's putting this like almost pushing the narrative of you're waiting for someone, but don't waste your time in the meantime. Like, I don't like that. I think you should build a life on your own for yourself. And then eventually you'll meet someone if you want that. And if you don't also beautiful. I remember when I got out of a very serious relationship and getting out of that relationship feeling afraid to be alone because I really hadn't been alone in probably years, honestly, at that point. Up until then, I I don't know. I think in that relationship, naturally, you just become immersed with that person and your lives sort of join together and you do most things together. 
And it was really odd that I was afraid to be alone because I grew up loving being alone. Like I've always been social. I was actually voted the social butterfly in the fourth grade. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've always been social. I've always, you know, loved my friends. I've always been very outgoing, but I'm actually very introverted. So I always needed that time by myself. I was actually talking to my mom this weekend and she was telling me, that between my sister and I, like my sister wanted to be with people all the time. And like, I still did. I was still social, but I was always ready to come home. Like I was always ready to spend more time alone. And I think it's funny because now as we're adults, like I'm probably with people more than she is, which is weird how that's flipped. But I just think I always liked being alone. I always liked doing things on my own. I've always been a reader. I've always just liked time by myself. And I needed that to recharge because again, I'm an introvert. So when I got to the point of being like, I am actually afraid to be alone, it really freaked me out. And it took me a while to kind of get to the point again, where I was like, I love being alone. And I don't mean, by the way, being alone, like single versus in a relationship. I mean, day-to-day things. Like I mean, spending my days by myself. A lot of us are doing that in our 20s who listen to this podcast, whether you just moved to a new city and maybe you haven't made a lot of friends yet or you just got out of a relationship or you're just in a more like isolated time of your life. But again, being independent and living this solo life does not, you don't have to be single. You don't have to be friendless. You don't have to be isolated. Like you can do this without all of that. But I did get to the point where I was like afraid, which is important to note because that was very odd. So while I do love spending time on my own and I do really like crave being alone, I also have been in parts where it was like terrifying. That's literally the last thing that I wanted. And I filled my life with things that were honestly just a waste of time in some weird buffer instead of just learning to like enjoy my own company and make a life that I really wanted. And what really became an issue was I got to the point where I think when I, when I think about when I started to like fill my life with people all the time and just things and work and whatever it was, was in college. And then I was grieving at that time. And then I got into a relationship and then I just kind of was like on autopilot for a few years And then once a lot of things, I changed a lot about my life, including the relationship had ended and I was like on my own again, it ended up being a really good thing because I started to enjoy my own company. But more than that, I think I like came back to myself in a very weird way because I was filling my life with so many other things and terrified of being alone, terrified of dealing with things that I needed to deal with or... I think too, I was even afraid to go back to therapy at one point because I was afraid that it was going to be like too bad to deal with. So once I actually like sat down and I was like, I don't even like who I've become. I don't recognize this person. Over time, I was able to deal with that and grow and get better and just get to a much healthier space to which I came back to living my independent life, which you can do single or in a relationship. But since I'm single, we're talking about that today. I have heard some horror stories of people who have had to go to over 20 weddings in 2022. That is actually crazy. But after the past two years that we've had, I mean, I guess it makes sense, obviously. But like that just gives me anxiety. Also, it is so much money. So that's why I'm really grateful for Golden's 2022 Bridal Collection. There's a whole bridal lookbook. It is so 
beautiful. They have pieces for every moment of your big day and all the days after. So they have a collection for the bride to have and to hold onto. For the bridal party to share the love, um, and then commemorative jewelry for keeping the memories bright. So if you're a bride, obviously beautiful for you to shop. But if you are, you know, not yet a bride like me and you're giving gifts or, you know, you're a part of the wedding, this is where you should be shopping, okay? It is beautiful. Golden's mission is to make it by hand, make it personal, make a difference, creating connections and giving back through every purchase. The pricing is incredibly reasonable. They actually have modern personalization options that allow you to create the piece that tells your story. There's a million different ways to make it yours or make it theirs if you're trying to give a cute little thoughtful gift. Each piece is handmade just for you. You can choose the metal, size, and personal inscriptions to be hand-stamped by their makers. Every piece comes with a letterpress, gift-ready packaging, a handwritten note, and a jewelry care kit. It's actually really beautiful. They donate 10% of all profits and more through special collections to organizations that support their core causes of education, liberation, and community building. I love the micro heart locket necklace. I actually have this as a part of the collection just for myself. You can personalize it. You have different like chain styles. You can do gold or silver and that's literally $78 and it's such a nice piece of jewelry. Like that's a crazy deal. And if you use code ILYSM at checkout, you get 15% off your first purchase. So visit golden that's g-l-d-n dot com to find the perfect piece and make it yours again that is code i-l-y-s-m at checkout for 15 percent off your first purchase hi guys it's jordan from the balance blonde soul on fire podcast on my show we go deep on all things astrology awakening motherhood channeling healing and so much more a few years ago i was diagnosed with chronic lyme disease and the healing journey i embarked on at that time set me on the path to radical awakening Let's just say I had no choice but to change my energy and that opened me up to the most beautiful healing of my life. On my show, you can expect to feel like you're sitting in my living room chatting with old friends. Tune in every Wednesday to connect and hang on the Balance Bond Soul on Fire. I think what is the most important is viewing yourself as a friend. So the first thing that I will say is your life starts now. It's not starting when you you know, are filling it with other things, your life begins with you and like creating yourself. As Alexa Losey once told me, which she's never gonna remember that she told me this, something that comes to mind actually, and again, I hate the notion of like your life is waiting for a partner, but Alexa Losey shared this advice that she was given with me one time and it has always stuck with me. And it was, don't date someone unless they make your already amazing life that much more amazing. And I think that that is such good advice for everything, right? So the point is you're creating a life now. And I think you don't want to spend all of this time like sitting around, wasting your life, wishing it away, wishing for the next stage of your life. Because then eventually you're going to look back at that and regret it or be like, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. This is kind of like my hippie outlook on the world. But so many things in life have happened to all of us to where it was not what we wanted or not what we envisioned. And I'm willing to bet for the most part, and I'm not talking about like tragedies, I'm talking about things not working out. For the most part, actually in every single thing that didn't work out, I look back at it and I'm like, I'm so glad. So because ultimately things always end up working out how they're meant to work out, I live with this like peaceful confidence that things are just going to happen when they're meant to happen. And I don't want it to be 10 years from now. And I'm at, I'm in a really healthy relationship 
and I'm doing whatever I want in my life. I don't want to look back at when I was 24 and think about myself as like, oh my God, I literally wasted all that time just being miserable, being single or being miserable, waiting for this or X, Y, and Z when like it ended up happening anyways. So me doing that in those years literally didn't, would have done nothing. Whereas if I would have just enjoyed those years, I would have enjoyed those years and had them better to look back on. And that is what I feel like I am doing. But again, I'm not doing that. I like, I feel like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm just like giving these examples. I'm not building this life to like wait for a partner. I'm building this life for me. And eventually that stuff will happen. Again, it's not bad to want a partner. It's not bad to like long for that. I just think it's bad when you're putting your life on pause, waiting for something when if you do that for the rest of your life, you're always going to be waiting for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And while it might start in your 20s with waiting for your partner, it could start later. It's like kids, grandkids, certain career things, certain moves, certain things. And it's like you never learn how to be content on your own. And that is what the issue is, I think. So my point is your life starts now. We're not waiting for anyone. We all want things to happen. And that is so natural. We should always be wanting more. I think that's a really healthy thing, but it's, it becomes a problem when you're putting your life on hold. So don't put your life on hold. I think the next thing that is so crucial that has changed my life is being your own best friend. And we hear about this all the time, but I will explain what that means for me. So being my own best friend has helped me a lot with self-compassion. I have struggled in this area really, really, really bad. I can be very hard on myself. And then I can also grow and become a better version of myself, but then hate the person that I was two years ago. And it's like, well, that person also got me here and I need to give compassion. It's like that TikTok trend right now. That is, it's like when I realize, like when I'm being mean to myself, I realize I'm also being mean to her. And it's like photos of you when you were like three. It's kind of like that if you think about it. But I think being your own best friend is incredible. One, in the self-compassion way, I always think like if one of my best friends were to come to me about something that I'm struggling with and tell me about that, it's never the end of the world to me. And I'm always like, hey, it is fine. Like, it's not a big deal. We'll get past it. It's never the end of the world. I'm never shaming them for it. I'm not thinking about it all the time. I'm not thinking life is over. I'm not catastrophizing my thinking. You're just like there for your friend. You are kind to them. You are there, you listen to them and you give them grace. So offering that same thing to yourself is so helpful. And then number two, I think being your own best friend in regards to like, when you're spending time with your best friends, you typically like have a plan. Even if you were just like laying around watching shows, hanging out, like that's different. But like when you are normally in your 20s, when you are making plans with people, you are putting a little bit more effort into it or a lot more effort into it than you would be putting into yourself, right? So if my friends are coming over for dinner, I'm cooking dinner. I maybe put some music on. I'll clean up a little bit. Like whatever I'm doing, I'm always putting a little bit more effort in with my friends than I do with myself. So what I have started doing is, again, being my own best friend. So if I'm cooking, it's like I'm going to clean up a little bit. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to like establish a vibe. I'm going to curate a vibe in the same way that I would for my friends. I think over time, this also helps with self-esteem because in honestly, a multitude of ways, you become comfortable being on your own, which I think is like the greatest superpower anyone can have. But also confidence is built by making promises to yourself and keeping them. So if you are saying like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go on a walk in the morning 
and you make that promise to yourself, you keep it and you do it. I think over time, that's how confidence is built. Now that doesn't always have to be something that you're doing solo, but I do think that showing yourself you're worth it by maybe putting a little bit more time and effort into your solo time means something, right? For example, I love my morning routine. So this morning I was like, I really want like a good morning by myself. Whereas it's a lot easier for me to make commitments. Like when I started working out, one of the best ways when you start working out is to say to your friend, hey, like let's start working out together. We're gonna go to 8 a.m. Pilates all week, right? And you, you show up because you made plans with your friend. For me, if I make plans with myself, I'm trying to teach myself that those plans are just as valuable as the plans that I make with other people. So I booked a 6 a.m. Pilates class and I was like, I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna have like my ice roller in the morning. I have a whole thing, like put it on a podcast. I, play, I picked them out the night before. And then I went and I walked the trail after, got coffee and I had this whole solo morning by myself, spending time by myself, but also like putting in effort instead of just being like, oh, I don't have any plans with anyone for a workout or anything this morning. I'm just gonna sleep in and eventually get up and do whatever. It goes a long way making plans and making an effort with yourself in the same way that you do with other people. So that could be taking yourself on dates. I love, like when I'm in other cities, I love sitting at a bar, reading my Kindle and like getting a drink. I don't do that at home really ever. And I wish I would do that more in Dallas than I do, but I honestly just like don't drink more than I need to when I'm here, I guess. But I love going and doing things solo. Like if I'm in New York, I'll do that a lot in between things, mainly because like you're all over the place in the city and like going back to your apartment might not be feasible or your hotel might not be like as feasible. So when I'm out and about, like just stopping, I always have my Kindle on me and sitting and getting a drink or grabbing a bite and reading. Like I love doing that. Also, I think a book and a Kindle is a really good buffer when you're starting solo dates. And I want to start doing that more in Dallas. I really don't do that enough in Dallas. Going to the movies by yourself. Like there's so many different things that you can do. I'm not super into like really nice restaurants. So I'm not the person who's going to like take myself out on like a really nice date to a, a nice restaurant. Cause that's just like not something that I care as much about. I'll do that with friends because they care more about it. But that's just not something I really care about as much. But doing things that you love even reading, like I have a whole night routine that I have an entire video on my YouTube channel about. And it's like this whole in-depth, really long night routine that I'll do like Monday through Wednesday. I try to spend most of that, most of those nights I'll spend solo. I would say I spend like three nights a week solo when I do this whole routine where I cook and I go through, you know, like the music, like I said, and the candles and setting the vibe. And then I'll go on a walk and then I'll read. But when I go read, I I'd always add something extra. And it, it really is like romanticizing your life. Like I have my hatch alarm clock that has this whole nighttime routine. I like candles. I have like the fireplace on my TV. Like even if people think it's cheesy, I put on like the matching pajama sets. I will do like my skincare and everything, which might sound like just duh to some people. But also I if I don't do that stuff, I'll find myself just like doom scrolling in laying around and doing absolutely nothing, which if that's how you recharge and that's good for you, great. It just isn't good for me. So those are just the examples that I give, but I don't love just like laying around and watching Netflix most of the time. It's not really my thing. It's very rare that I'll do that. But again, I think it's just like romanticizing the little things in life and putting in as much effort into the time you spend by yourself instead of just putting that effort in with other people. Like I talked about last week, we have all drafted out a text or two in our notes apps, okay? And when you're getting to the point of sending a text in your notes app, 
it's do or die. I mean, it's like a very dramatic time to be alive, okay? And you need to make sure that your grammar is on point because if not, like nothing kills a point that you're trying to make, especially with maybe like a little bit more of an attitude or maybe maybe more of an emotional backing, like poor grammar, okay? And that's where Grammarly comes in. It also comes in for papers. It also comes in for emails. I mean, literally everything. I use Grammarly in college. I use it when I'm sending like a really important email. You know, when you want to maybe sound a little bit smarter or just make sure you're not making a fool of yourself, okay? Luckily, Grammarly makes professional writing fast and simple. It's an all-in-one writing tool that helps you turn out clear, concise communication quicker than ever. So whether it's mass emails, boardroom presentations, or official contracts, or a text in your notes app, you can find the right words to communicate efficiently. I actually used Grammarly the other day. I was working on a mass email to send out and like there's really nothing that gives me more anxiety than sending out a newsletter email kind of vibe. Like that's just terrifying. So I also use Grammarly for that. So Grammarly is free to download as a desktop app and it works for you too. So you can work more efficiently on all of your projects. You've got the ideas in your head, but putting those ideas into words can be tricky. With Grammarly Premium, you can clear up the confusion with clarity, focus, sentence rewrites. Convey confidence with ease when you use Grammarly Premium's Tone Transforms. So get to the point faster and accomplish more with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash I love you to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being my listener. That is 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash I love you. Another thing that's important, I got a lot of questions about like, what do you do when you're the single friend and everyone's dating or What do you do when you feel pressure to be with someone at a certain age or to be at a certain point at a certain age? Or I'm really happy being single right now, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure for me to date and my friends say I should be dating, but I don't want to be dating, which I totally understand that, by the way. And I want to say a few things. One, first off, if you are single and everyone else around you is in a relationship, I would really recommend getting friends who are single or maybe spending a little more time with people who are single. Not that you need to like not be friends with people because they're dating or in a relationship, all of our friendships go through phases and like ebbs and flows and people are in different life phases at different times. And I do think it is important to have friends who are in your same life phase. Doesn't mean you can't be friends with people who are no longer in your same life phase, but it is important. And if you specifically are one of the people who really doesn't want to be single and is having a hard time with it, I think you're just going to make yourself more miserable. So one, I would go and find friends who are single and spend a little more time with them. Two, Um, As far as comparison goes, the grass is always greener, right? Until you realize that it isn't. This is a really good example that I heard. And I don't, I, again, I don't love these examples because I feel like all of them are somehow pointing back to your end game is finding a partner. But for the, the demonstration, I think it's great, right? There was a girl who was 23 and lived in the South. So there was a little more pressure on getting married young. And she was really lonely and let it get to her and really let it ruin her early to mid 20s before she found a partner because all of her friends around her were married. So she was that miserable token single friend that was like just miserable and wishing her life away. Her friends around her, her best friend specifically, was married and she was always so jealous of that, always wanted to be her. Fast forward 10 years, that friend who was married at 23 is now divorced, went through a really nasty divorce And she ended up finding like a really healthy marriage. Not that I want someone 
to get divorced and have this horrible thing. My point being that even if in that moment you feel like it is so much better for someone else, you really never know what's going on and you never know what's going to happen. And we can't be so focused on what other people are doing. Someone else gave this example and it's something I always think about. When you're driving on the highway, the fastest way, I feel like most of us know that, normally the fastest way when the cars are moving to, you know, get to your wherever you need to go is by staying in the same lane. When you are switching lanes constantly, you actually end up slowing yourself down. So when you are just focused on your own lane and you're just focused on me, myself and I and going to where you need to go, you're going faster, right? But when you're focused on switching lanes, you're focused on what the person next to you is doing. You're looking up too much. You're looking side to side instead of looking forward and that slows you down and nothing good comes from that, right? So when we are so focused on what other people are doing or what other people are achieving or what life phase they're at at a certain age, it really isn't doing us any good I feel like all of us know that comparison isn't good and it's not getting us anywhere. And don't shame yourself for this. I have an entire episode with Margot Lee on the pressures on certain stages of life. But it's so interesting because like who made those rules? And why are we just like surrendering to these rules and trying to follow a certain life path that like we didn't create? And also like everyone is doing their own thing. There are so many people who didn't even find their careers until they were 40. I was actually listening to an episode with Kris Jenner the other day. She didn't even start filming this show until she was 56. That is crazy. Fact check on that maybe, but like actually I'm pretty sure. Okay, but the point being that it was later in life, okay? But what I have found to be very freeing for myself is thinking of my future self in whatever I want to come to fruition and looking back at myself now and thinking like, you know what? It's fine. Like it's going to happen and living almost as if it's going to happen, but not wishing my life away until it does. Again, that's easier to say than to do, but I think over time it happens. And like, obviously we all deal with this at certain points. Like I will be so hard on myself, especially in my earlier twenties, I was very set on like a timeline and schedule for my life. And I honestly, as my life has gone the opposite of what I thought was going to happen, it's ended up being so much better. So because I've seen that, it helps me have more trust in the fact that like things are just going to work out. So some ideas on ways to spend time alone. I wrote down a list, cook yourself dinner, have a cute little dinner party alone. So like even do like a cute placemat, like get a new recipe, listen to a new playlist. Um, I think that's all fun. I like solo hobbies a lot in general. And I think that they've really helped me. So cooking is one of them for me. Reading is one of them for me. Reading is probably like my biggest hobby, honestly. Those, both of those are things that I get a lot of joy out of. It's not just reading and cooking to me. Like it's, it, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it means a lot to me and it's things that I really, really love and enjoy doing. So for you, maybe that's like, video games or like going to museums or whatever it is. Like there's the things that I love to do. First and second being reading and cooking. I also love working out. I love Pilates. So I will go to Pilates classes solo all the time. I like going on walks. So I try to do that once a day and I'll go on a long walk. I really like journaling. So that's something. Sometimes I like vision boarding. I just like to find little things that I like to do alone, like a solo hobby. I want to start going to the movies alone more when I see a movie out that I actually want to see. That doesn't really happen often anymore. I did see Elvis last night and I actually really liked it. But yeah, I think just spending time alone in general, those are just some ideas that I have. 
I expect to see all of y'all on Instagram this week. This is our challenge for the episode. I want all of you guys to go do one thing solo and let me know how it went. Just tag me in the story. You don't have to let me know how it goes. Just post a story and tag me in it. You can even soft tag me. No one even has to see. Or tag the podcast and we'll repost it. So then you guys can have ideas. Maybe you like puzzles. I don't know. Like sewing. There's so many things you could do. Video games. Like whatever. You know, whatever it is that these kids are doing these days. But yeah, I just think like having solo hobbies is a very freeing way. These are all like very... They, it sounds really small, but over time it builds up and it becomes very empowering. And as you are comfortable and you grow to be even more comfortable with yourself, your confidence grows and self-esteem grows. And I think you settle for less in life. So I think that this is like the, almost the foundation of your life and it makes everything better. Again, I'm not promoting like hyper-independence, which I think I've definitely dealt with in relationships. I would like to say I'm hoping in the next relationship that won't be as much of an issue just because I worked through it a ton in therapy, but like, I'm sure we all have our things. Like, I'm sure that's going to be something. But yeah, I think like healthy independence and living your solo single life is a really incredible thing. You control your life, especially when you're single, guys. Like, not that a relationship or like a boyfriend or a partner or a girlfriend, whoever it is, should be able to like tell you what to do. But just naturally in relationships, with a good relationship comes healthy compromise. So right now, these might be the only years of your life that you are alone and that you are single and that you get to make every single choice for yourself. You can go on whatever trips you want without thinking of anyone else. You decide who your friends are. You decide how you spend your time. You decide what you get to do. You decide even on the smaller things. It doesn't need to be like you get to go on the girls trips. It's like you decide your morning routine. That's stuff that doesn't have to cost money, right? Like you decide the small day-to-day habits that create your life essentially. And I think that when you're single, like it's the time to be quote unquote selfish or be able to do like literally whatever you want to do, which is such a beautiful thing. And then watch out guys, because once you become so happy being single, you'll never want to date again. And that's where I'm at. And that's why I haven't gone on a date in like a year because that would take so much of my time when I could just be with my friends and by myself, you know? That's also a really powerful thing. Like the gauge of like, should I go on this date? It's like, I would rather be by myself, which I should still push myself. But I think if I'm on a date and I would rather be alone, I don't know, maybe that's not fair because I don't think that's fair. I don't know, guys. Let me know what you think. I don't know about y'all, but I personally am dreaming of a beautiful tropical vacation. I picture myself in a cute little bikini, maybe a cute little cover up on a cute little towel. You guys are getting the vibe on the beach and reading a book, okay? I'm only assuming that y'all are also having visions of the oasis dancing in your head this summer, okay? The good news is Macy's can make your tropical take come true with scenic prints, blooming flora, and your fave foods in the form of dresses, blouses, and even pantsuits, which I love a good pantsuit. So pick your pattern and then go to head to toe to tighten the drama or pair with your solids to keep it low key. It's your palette to do as you please. So while trends come and go, you make it style. For all the summer inspo you need right now, visit Macy's.com slash own your style. And if you need a little help finding your style footing, or if you're a veteran that just needs a pointer, pair up with a Macy's personal stylist. They'll help you put your look together either in store or from the comfort of your own home. Best of all, it is totally free. So head on over to Macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. Again, that is Macy's.com slash personal stylist. So someone asked what to do when you start feeling lonely. So honestly, this 
doesn't happen to me much. I remember when I first got out of my serious relationship feeling like I needed, like that was the next step in life. Like I really wanted to like just find someone, meet someone, settle down, which is so crazy because it's the opposite of where I ended up going. And I'm very grateful for that. But anyways, because I've built my life in the way that I want to live it and the the things that I want to do and the people that I want to surround myself with, I've also built really, really, really incredible friendships. We focus so much of our lives and our relational energy on like romantic partners when like our friends are also vital aspects of our lives. And I think like just as impactful. And so I've been able to make my life really fulfilling in regards to my friendship. So I think that that helps a lot. And it also helps, I know, obviously, that my friends are single. Who knows what I'm, how I'm going to feel eventually when everyone's dating someone. Like, I'm sure that will be different. Then maybe I'll be like, okay, I really should start dating. But yeah, I don't think I feel that lonely that often only because I have incredible friends that I do most of my life or a lot of my life with who also are single. So when you start feeling lonely, I would just, there's a lot of ways to answer this. Practically speaking, I would go do like a solo hobby or focus on building relationships that are not romantic. So your friendships or just building the relationship that you have with yourself. There is nothing more powerful than having a good relationship with yourself where you are comfortable being alone, where you like spending time alone, which obviously as you're spending time alone, it's so normal and natural to feel lonely. So I would just think about solo hobbies and then also filling your life with the right friendships and the right people because I'm so fulfilled in my friendships. I don't feel like I'm lacking in a ton of other areas like romantic relationships. So I don't know if that was good advice. That's just kind of like what came to mind. Someone asked how to stop being anxious and codependent on others, please. So this is kind of like what I was talking about when I like, when my one of my ex-boyfriends and I broke up and I was like afraid to be alone. And I was very anxious and I felt like I'd grown pretty codependent. And honestly, it sucked. And it was just, the way I did it was just like kind of ripping the bandaid off. Like I didn't really have a choice. Like that, the relationship was over. And I had to come back to like my normal self where I'm not normally like that. And over time it helped. So I think basically this entire episode, every tip that I've given you will help with that. But yeah, also I would really encourage you to like journal and do morning pages because I think a lot of codependency comes from like deeper rooted issues. And as you're doing morning pages, typically I found that like my emotions come out. I'm not really super good at always knowing where my emotions are coming from unless I'm writing them down on a paper. So I would do that. But honestly, like this entire episode, I feel like would be very helpful. But it is one of those things where you just have to, I would really encourage you to like force yourself to start doing things by yourself, but not just like sitting at home, doom scrolling and like waiting for the next thing you have to do with people. I would encourage you to like romanticize your life and your solo time and invest the same energy that you put into your friendships, into relationships, into yourself. I think that over time will make that a lot better there's a lot of books on codependency, which I don't think was like my biggest, biggest struggle, but definitely like codependence or relationships. How to deal with FOMO when being independent and spending time alone. So, okay. I had JOMO, like joy of missing out up until the pandemic. And then suddenly on the weekends in Dallas, like I have such bad FOMO. Even when I'm in LA or New York, I have FOMO for what's happening in Dallas, which is good because it shows that I've built a life here that I love so much. But... I don't know. I don't have like the best advice, but also like nothing is that big of a deal that you miss. Like 
you will go to that place again. Probably something will happen. You'll see that person again. Like it really isn't the end of the world. Again, same energy that you're putting into friends, put into yourself. And I found for myself, once I started making my life, my independent life and solo life, just as good as my life with people and like being around larger crowds is when I stopped getting bothered by FOMO as much because I'm like, well, I like this equally as much or I like spending time by myself equally as much. But FOMO is natural and it's not something like, again, I think a lot of this stuff you end up shaming yourself for, like trying to be like perfect, whatever. Yeah, so when I am like, okay, I'm not going here. Maybe I didn't get invited to something or maybe, you know, plans fell through or whatever. Instead of just doom scrolling and laying on the couch, I will be like, I'm going to cook dinner. I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to do this face mask. Like, making that time like equally as exciting. How to not feel like you are quote running out of time. So this goes back to the life phases that we're constantly comparing ourselves with. In one, time isn't real. Two, who says you have to do anything by a certain age? This is something that is obviously probably rooted from comparison, but you are running your own race, which is so cheesy. Your life is your own. How things work out is how things work out. For me, I found that I do really well when I can think of an example. So like when I can think of, hey, a really easy one is like a breakup, right? Like I really thought I wanted to spend my entire life with this person and we broke up. And now two years later, I am the happiest I've ever been. If I was with that person, I would be so miserable, but I was so set on the fact that that is what I thought I wanted for my life. And now that I know that that would have been the most miserable life path for me and that ultimately like things worked out how they needed to work out. And I've experienced life on the other side of it being so much better. It's easy for me to like think of examples like that and just trust that that's going to continue to happen. So I think when it comes to feeling like you're not running out of time, it's like maybe you feel like you need to be, you know, married at a certain age or have a career at a certain age or whatever it is. Try to find examples in your own life, or if you can't think of examples in your own life, find them in other people's lives. Like Oprah's life is a good example. She was not successful from the start. Just finding people around you and just reminding yourself of that, that really helps me. That's just how my mind works. If it's like, I have an example, or I think of like, well, this happened, so why couldn't it happen for me? That really helps me. How do I get over him to live my best single life? I feel pathetic, LOL. You should not feel pathetic. Don't feel pathetic. You are not pathetic. This is so normal, absolutely so normal. I have an entire episode. I'm not even going to go into like breakup stuff on here. I have two episodes, breakup bootcamp and then one, how to get over a breakup and living your best single life. I would really recommend listening to those two. Do you worry of being too single too late, like getting married later in life? I feel like I need to start dating, but I have no desire. Okay, so I'm only 24. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I do like sometimes feel weird that I don't have an interest in dating, but... I'm not currently concerned about that. I don't feel like I'm like a good example or I don't feel like I have like great advice for that. Honestly, I feel like I wouldn't be shocked if I ended up, even with saying all this stuff to you guys, like I think eventually I wouldn't be shocked if I started to feel that way or like freak out just because naturally that is what women have been conditioned to expect for their lives. But again, it's just like thinking of examples. Erin Foster is a really good example on Realtors Podcast. She talks about this all the time. She didn't even meet her husband until she was 35. And now she's really happy and like they got married and ended up working out really well. But she felt this too. And that is a very real valid feeling. Like I understand why people feel that way. I just don't think I'm in that like age bracket yet to feel that way. But as far as like feeling pressure, I I do deal with this. So like 
I'm really happy. There's another message of like, I'm really happy being single. My friends say I should be dating. And I have asked a lot of people this. A lot of my friends, well, a few of my friends are like, you should be dating. And I understand the sentiment. I just don't have any desire right now. So I do worry that I'm going to regret that later. Like, what if I'm like, well, I wish I would have dated, but but I don't know. Like, I, re- I really don't know. I'm just, I'm not in a place where that is top of mind. Like, I don't really care right now. So maybe I'll regret that later on, but I don't know. I'm just going to do what, like, feels good to me, you know? When I first became a dog parent, I was a bit of a helicopter parent. I will be the first to admit it. And I was really crazy about how to take care of them, where they're going to go for dog sitting, what they're going to eat, what tours they're going to play with. I mean, like all over the place, okay? And I wish when I first got Coconut, you know, my first dog, I wish that I would have known about Sundays for dogs. Luckily, I have it now, but they are incredible, okay? So Sundays was founded by a vet who wanted to find the best food for her dog. Sunday's food is made with only whole all-natural ingredients and zero synthetic or artificial ingredients. It's fresh nutrition that's just as easy to feed as kibble, which is huge. I find a lot of the like better dog foods to be such a hassle when feeding your dogs and it's fresh nutrition, but like literally as easy as kibble, it's so much better. Dogs love Sundays because it's an air dried jerky that tastes and feels like a treat. Sunday's food is also 40% less expensive than most brands at just $2 a day. My dogs can at times be a little bit picky and when they're eating Sundays, I mean, the food is gone in two seconds. I cannot recommend this enough. So you guys can use code I love you at checkout for 35% off your first purchase, plus free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Visit sundaysfordogs.com slash I love you. Again, code I love you at checkout for 35% off your first purchase, plus free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Okay, last one. How to deal with the balance between living and loving your single life and being so negative about love slash dating. So I wouldn't say I'm negative about love slash dating. I think I just am kind of like, eh, I don't know. I think I probably was negative about love and dating maybe a year ago. And that always, at least in my life, comes from hurt. So I think over time, as I like heal from a breakup or get over something that either I did or they did or whatever it is, I think for me over time, as I get better and get healthier with that. It, I don't have that view on it anymore. I think it's totally possible to love being single and have a healthy view on like love and relationships. I think I'm at that point right now. I don't think I've always been there. And so how I got out of that would honestly just be kind of getting over like the hurt and a lot of it too. Like I know I'm only 24, but a lot of it too, I look back on like even things that I, like people I dated at 23 and like things that happened. And I'm like, look, Even only a year out of it, I see it's like we were young. Guys especially are idiots at 23. People are going through things. Like I think making things like not so deep is really helpful and really healthy. So that's something. But I think over time, as I've gotten out of relationships and gotten over the hurt is when I get back to a place where I feel healthier. Another thing too is surrounding yourself with people who are in healthy relationships. I didn't grow up with parents who were together. I mean, they divorced when I was in like fifth grade, but I didn't grow up seeing this model healthy relationship or marriage. Most of our friends growing up, their parents were divorced. And even the ones who were together, I wouldn't say it's like a model relationship. It honestly was when I was around a certain group of people in LA, I saw a lot of really healthy marriages and that 
really changed my life. Honestly, it made me realize like, oh, that's what I want. And like, I'm not settling. And I think I would be in a very different place if I hadn't seen that. So another thing would be to try to surround yourself with people who are in healthy relationships. So you can see that that is also possible and not fixating on your ex. And last question, someone asked, how do I live my best life and not be focused on like what my ex is doing? Like if he's dating someone new or if he's doing well. Again, we're living these independent solo lives for ourselves and not for anyone else. So that becomes easier when you are just focused on yourself. Look, it is so normal for you to see a photo of your ex with their new girlfriend and for that to sting a little bit or to hurt really bad. Like that is a very, very normal feeling. But again, like you have to remind yourself you're not living your life for your ex. In 50 years, you're not gonna, your ex will not even exist to you in 50 years. But 50 years from now, what will exist to you is you and your relationship with yourself. So I think you never go wrong building a better relationship with yourself. And that's also something that I do. I'm realizing now as I'm talking, I do a lot of like, almost like future thinking, like always thinking of like, uh, you know, this won't matter at this certain point. So what I'm going to like focus on right now is what's going to last. So yeah, I mean, it's totally normal. Listen, we've all been there. It is totally normal to be like, oh my God, I'm in such a bad place. I'm so sad. Like, and they seem like they're doing fine. One, you never know what's really going on. Two, girls and guys heal at different times. Three, your healing journey and process should have absolutely nothing to do with how they're doing theirs. They're no longer in your life. And just focusing on your own lane and yourself, which listen, it's hard. I understand. But that is like what you have to do and mute them or unfollow them or whatever it is. and Just try to not see it. If there's something that you see every single day, like obviously that sucks, but you just have to like create boundaries around yourself to where that isn't something that you're focusing on and you're focusing more on yourself. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this talk about living your best independent solo single life. I love it. I am currently having the time of my life and I wouldn't have the friendships that I have. I've gone on so many girls trips. We are the closest we've ever been. We're having so much fun. My life is incredible. I think um, every relationship in my life is like so much richer because I've used a lot of this time to live the life that I want to live, which is investing in like the people around me and also just like myself and my relationship with myself, which has been really great. So anyways, love you guys so much. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. As always, Breadwinning Housewife Summer Collection is out now. Y'all can watch the podcast on YouTube, all the like interview episodes, not solo, TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. But I love you guys so much and I will talk to y'all next week. 